It is Tuesday, October 11th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. An exciting Monday night football game in the AFC West. And the MLB Divisional Playoff round gets started off. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Las Vegas Raiders 30-29 in a wild game. The Major League Baseball Division Series begin today, but AJ, the Vegas lead is Monday Night Football. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs 30, Vegas 29. Lots of wild penalty calls, lots of strange judgment calls by head coaches. lot to unpack in this game, but the Chiefs get the job done. Not against the spread. Raiders get the job done against the spread, but the Chiefs got the big job done. Really was a tale of two halves here to help us break it down. The only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Steve Fezzik. Fez, what'd you make of this game watching from the first half into the second half? Did it seem like it was two separate games? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm going to bring up a concept we call the chair thrower. (laughs) <laughs> right, And the chair thrower happens in college basketball, specifically when the team that's favored goes down big. Mm-hmm. And it's almost always correct to look over in that situation because the better team finds a way to extend the game. And this happens in, in college football, happens in the NFL also. So when the Raiders got that 17-point lead, I can tell you, uh, me and some of my friends immediately were looking to the over, figuring Kansas City's going to get their points. So I went the other way. When I – as – The controversy happened, and it unfolded at the end of the first half where there was the ridiculous roughing the passer call on Chris Jones, which I don't know how you call roughing the passer on a a fumble. Tackling, 15. But it was a fumble, Fez. That's the bottom line. I saw. saw, I'd say it's the worst call in the history of the NFL, but there was two other comparable ones this week. (laughs) This is one, and and I tweeted this out. You guys follow me at Scott's on air. Shameless plug. But I said, if Chris Jones knocked that ball on the ground and then fell on Derek uh, Derek Carr trying to recover that fumble, there's no penalty. The no. ball's on the ground. It's no. a fumble. But the, so, the ball was in his arm. So what's the difference? <laughs> it was a fumble. How could there be roughing the passer on a fumble? It sure looked to me that his entire attention was devoted to trying to secure the football, not to like pile drive the quarterback into the ground. Here's a question. So Chris Jones gets the fumble recovery. He's down by contact. Yeah. Who tackled him? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Exactly. He gets credited <laughs> with the tackle. But what I, what I meant by saying I went the other way, when that happened and the crowd was booing and the emotion was there and then the Chiefs get the field goal to end the half, knowing that they were getting the ball to start the second half, I went Chiefs live money line. I went Chiefs live mm. plus three and a half. And – I said there's no way that they are not winning this game. Obviously, it got a little sweaty when uh, you know they, Devontae Adams had the second touchdown catch. But through the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, this looked like it was going to be a Chiefs runaway win. You know, let's talk about the end game then because the implication on so many bets was there. Let's um, First of all, let's talk, talk about the coaches' decisions. Kansas City goes up 30-23. to 23. They go for two. It turns out I won't get into the weeds. Doesn't really matter whether you you, you go you score to, to go up eight or you um, go 
whether you kick to go up eight or, or go for the two to go up nine. Well, going up two, if you get the two-point conversion, it's a two-possession game. And your you odds of winning, I mean, you're going to win the game. Yeah, basi- it. basically it comes down to if you're a coach, do you want your two-point conversion to decide whether you go to overtime or do you want your opponent's two-point attempt to decide whether you're going to go to good, overtime? Yeah. So, and it, because we have two very offensive-minded coaches, mm-hmm. you could see Andy Reid saying, I'd rather have my offense against their defense than vice versa. You know what's crazy? They didn't talk about it at all on the broadcast. Mm. And I thought that this was a, a really smart decision that a lot of coaches don't do. They normally would just kick the extra point and go up eight thinking, hey, they got to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie me. I love the idea of going for two there because the 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 bonus by going up nine is so much greater than anything you could measure by going up eight or you're already up seven and the extra point's not a gimme anymore in the NFL. I Joe Buck and Aikman barely they didn't spend any time well, on. Well, if you, I like to like analytics wise, I simplify everything, just make everything fifty percent. Assume a two point conversion is fifty percent. Assume an extra point single is automatic. I know that's not accurate. It's close enough. Okay, so if you go ahead and, and go up eight, you're going to win, and it only matters if your opponent scores their touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, assuming your opponent scores their touchdown, you're going to win three quarters of the time because they got to get the two point conversion and then they got to beat you in overtime. All right. Yeah. So you win 75 percent of the time. So if you go for two, and you get it, you win automatically. All right, because there's not enough time for two scores. You're Correct. assuming only one score. So 50 percent of the time you win automatically. 50 percent of the time you're up seven. So now you only you got to go to overtime. You get to the same point. You're going to win 75 percent whether you go for it or not. So really, what it hinges on. Is an offensive game. Do the offenses have the advantage? If 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 you think you're going to make that two point conversion more than half the time, you should go ahead and do it. So here's the question: Then once Kansas City doesn't get the two point conversion, and now they're only up seven, the Raiders go down. Freeze it before we get to the Raiders. I got to I got to mention this: Kansas City's team total for this game was thirty and a half. Yeah. So think about this. Think about you score. You're up, you got over thirty and a half. You're 97% to win with Kansas City. Yeah, although it's a backup kicker who already so missed. You're 96.5. Yeah. All right, you're 96%. <laughs> yeah. And that does enter into this. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, once. you'll take your chances, right? Mm-hmm. And then this happens. And you, know, you think to yourself, all right, well, now I just need the Ra- I'm going to need the Raiders to score so I can I can get to over 30 and a half in overtime. Yeah, and let's, they do. Let's continue. They do score with under three minutes left. And now you assume here comes the extra point to tie. But no, Josh McDaniel says, we're going for two now. We're trying to win so, this game right now. Scott's I love talk. this. I absolutely love this. And a lot of people think, oh, well, you go for overtime at home and you go for the win on the road. That's not what happens here. This is not an analytics decision. This or anything that has to do with home or road. This has to do with your evaluation of your team's ability to win in overtime and seeing what his defense let happen in the course of that second half Josh McDaniels made the calculated decision that he had a better chance to win that game from the two-yard line than to go into overtime and give the Chiefs an opportunity knowing that he wasn't going to be able to stop them from scoring a touchdown. I love this decision. This is what smart head coaches do. John Harbaugh did it a couple of times last year when his team was decimated by injuries, and he knew his defense was not going to not allow the opposition to score a touchdown in overtime, All right. so he goes for two. Directionally, I agree with you 100%. All right. Analytically, though, I disagree 100%. Let me address it. Harbaugh, his situation when he went for two, it was the end game. There was almost no time left, and his defense was in shambles with injuries. So he went for two. 
it's fine to go for two. In fact, as an underdog, I agree with you. If there's 20 seconds left in the game, go for two. End it now. The problem is when there's more than 30 seconds left because what happens if you don't get it, you essentially lose. You need to get the onside kick. Now, I know there's three, over three minutes to go in this game, which complicates things in the weeds. So let's assume there was only one minute left, just to simplify things. If there's a minute left and you go for two, let's assume you get it half the time. Bang! If you get it, if you don't get it, you lose. So 50% of the time, right off the bat, you lose. you got to do the onside kick. If you get it, you still only win half the time because now Kansas City gets to go balls to the wall on their final possession with four downs and a field goal beats you. So you only win 25% of the time. So now, now let's assume you kick and you tie. Are you going to win 25% of the time? Yes. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win 50%, and your defense is gassed, and Kansas City's still a monster favorite. But you know what? I still think Kansas City's only like a minus 230-ish favorite. And if you do it the way that, that um, they chose to do it in the game and go for two, I think now you're a minus you're, you're a minus. It, Kansas City becomes a minus 300 favorite. Chiefs scored touchdowns on three of their four possessions in the second half, and the one that they didn't was the one uh, they were trying to burn clock. The one at they the were end trying to burn clock at the end of the game. So, but that's the thing: if, when they didn't get that two point conversion, they let the Chiefs dictate how they were going to run. Time. And they listen: the Raiders had all three timeouts, which certainly went into the uh, went into the the thought uh, process. But but if they, that game's tied, the Chiefs mark the Chiefs are going to score. You're right. They're either going to get the go- they're either going to get the game winning field goal or they're going to score a touchdown. Now I got to emphasize. So the final score is one KC by one for everyone who teased this game. All right, we talk about you play at good shops with good teaser rules. All right, what are good teaser rules? If there's a push on either leg of the teaser, it doesn't matter what the, the what the other leg. You can win the other leg. You can lose the other leg. You can be all one and one on teasers. At most shops, the majority of shops, it is a refund. If you have one tie, you get your money back. So now this is dumpster diving 101. So there's going to be a lot of people never rip up your ticket, never like 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 throw your ticket in the garbage can just for cases like this. I personally had a Green Bay teaser with the um, Kansas City minus one. Mm-hmm. So my Green Bay minus two teaser lost. lost. The first leg lost, but the ticket didn't lose. I resurrected it. Kansas City minus one. This was bet at William Hill here locally in Vegas. Caesars. And I never know if it's William Hill or Caesars. I, Same thing. It, yeah, it's William Hill. Yeah. yeah. So I, my Kansas City leg pushed because Atlanta won. I know it was a miracle. So when the first leg loses, that bet is actually still pending in your account? Yes. Yes. It the, doesn't auto, It doesn't automatically doesn't grade au- it as a doesn't loss. Doesn't auto-grade. But the, some books do grade it as a loss, there's right? A, the cockroaches, Every there are a few cockroach books out there that change the rules to ties lose. So check the rules of your book. If ties lose on teasers, you can never tease to an integer number. You have to tease to a half-point number. One of my favorite things when, five, when you could play five dimes here in the U.S. was having an open teaser. And if I lost the first leg of my teaser, I would immediately go and find a game that would take me from nine to three. There were times where even I would tease from minus three to plus three just so I could land on an even number that was likely so it's to use, land. So let's use an example. In, in last week's action, and there are some books that still do this. You would Let's say you tease Green Bay in London minus two and, you've, and with an open spot. 
And you're watching the game, and Green Bay's blown. And then, like, the game's about to go fun. You're like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose. And you desperately log on or call them up and say, uh, second, second leg of my teaser, I will take Baltimore from minus three to plus three. You know, get it onto the three to try. You'd have like a, yep. a six percent chance to resurrect that because if you didn't get it in before the if before the, the game ends, if the Green Bay game ends, you can't it play. Just get, it just yeah. gets great a loser. Gotcha. It, it open spot. There's so yes. So okay. So you lose one leg, but you push the other leg. It's a refund. Yes. What if you win one leg and then push the other it's leg? A oh, it's a refund. It's a refund. You don't. Uh, oh, it's uh, oh. And so the Vegas, no matter what. It's the a old refund. time Vegas bookmaker said you can't have a one team teaser. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So that's why it's a refund. Yes. Very interesting. All right. So the repercussions from this game, and I saw. Uh, I'll give credit where credits due. Adam Chernoff had a an interesting tweet during the game, and he was saying if there was live betting available. During the games, what would the market movement be on next week's Chiefs-Bills game during this Monday Night Football game? So Kansas City's down 17. What's the line now on the Bills game? Kansas City then goes up by a score. What is the? How does that line move for the game against the, the Chiefs and the Bills next Beautiful. week? Beautiful. So let's set this up. Um, let's start out pre, right before the Monday Night game kicks off. So Kansas City is uh, home against Buffalo. But it's obviously the revenge game of the century for the Bills, who are the better team. 13 seconds. So this line was pick them. 13 seconds. Mortar kick it to the five and you win. Or <laughs> kick it in the end zone and lose. It's that. It's, it, but, but no one talks about that. So uh, so mo- all the money on Buffalo, it goes up to two. And then it gets steamed. It's a very curious move. Right before the Raider game starts in the final half hour, all of a sudden the market says, we like Buffalo in this game. And it gets steamed up to, I'll call it 2.6. I even saw it go up to minus three um, with some extra vig on the dog. So a three did pop at Circa of all places. Yeah. A super sharp book with... Even money three right now if you want uh, if you want the, the Chiefs. So, so obviously when the Chiefs are sucking and doing poorly, then that two and a half is going to go to three. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a three complete. You could argue they still underperformed. So I think this is going to put pressure... That, let's face it, if the Sharps liked Buffalo minus two and a half before tonight, it's hard for me to believe after this all-out war on Monday Night Football that they're not that took out a lot of energy from Kansas City, that it's not going to f- all go all the way to three. So I think we're going to see by tomorrow, we're going to see that be at three. But then what's interesting, I'll bet Kansas City plus three. You know, and but, I but you'll bet Buffalo minus two and a half. You know, I wouldn't I'll bet Buffalo minus two and a half because it's a great market number. But if it if it had just been painted like let's say the look at line had been one and a half and now it was two and a half, I wouldn't have been interested in Buffalo. You didn't upgrade half. Buffalo this week? Oh, I well, they won by a zillion and then I bet bet against them big for mm, three units yeah. in Pittsburgh. So I certainly I I upgraded Buffalo points. Okay. Yeah, but remember this So week, if the look ahead was one and a half, you upgraded Buffalo a point. If it were two and a half now, it would be a reasonable number. Yes, and I can't, even though I might downgrade Kansas City a half point, all half points are not created equal. Right. The the value, I mean, look no further. Look at that Bengal-Baltimore game. I know it landed two, but how often over the course of that game you're like, boy, if I got if I got Baltimore minus two and a half, I'm feeling good. If I got the Bengals plus three and a half, I'm mm-hmm. feeling good. I mean, that's, that's so usual. Like when you're watching so many of these games, you know, that that's, I use the example, the game's tied. And your team has the ball on their own 30 with two minutes to play, and you're laying two and a half. You're good. You're like, okay. If you're catching three, 
you're like, I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking good, too. I mean, it's like there's so many different scenarios where that, that makes a difference. I know it's boring to talk all the time about how, you know, how big a difference there is between those two, but it makes a difference between winning and losing. And we've already seen, you know, several games land right on the number this year. We we often talk about teams that have phony records like you know there there's a lot of people who say the giants their their four and one is a meh four and one uh the raiders at one and four feel like a pretty good one and four football team don't yeah, the they Ra- the raiders are like an eight eight and one team that's one and four you know yeah and they, i mean they basically you know, we talk about clutch not being um uh going forward clutch teams tend to not be clutch. They tend to win half their close games. And the Raiders, they won four games in overtime. You know, that's interesting that the Raiders, who won four games in overtime last year, like for all the reasons Scott outlined, didn't want any part of overtime tonight. Yeah. They wanted to, <laughs> to, to go ahead and end it. But um, the Raiders just getting unlucky this year. Well, yes. Their margins are incredibly low for a team that's one and four. Well, Bills, Chiefs, one of uh, three outstanding games on the card next week. Ravens, Giants, and then Eagles, Cowboys. So a really good NFL slate. Well, Ravens, up this Giants? Week. You don't think that's a good game? You know, the, the composite rating of those teams is that of an average team. I, I just don't think the Giants are very good at all. Oh, you're going to piss Scott off. Uh, hey, Scott hey, agrees they don't have to be. They don't have to be good, but they're going to make the playoffs. They might be. I have Baltimore three points better than the average team. I got the Giants two and a half worse. Oh, that's interesting. Someone give me the button. Someone give me the uh, I will bet the Giants don't make the playoffs. And you know, we already have the bet. You already bet me on that. Uh, but what was <laughs> the odds they gave you? Uh, I gave you plus money. All right, I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, you want to double down? I gave you plus one. I gave you plus one twenty. You gave me plus one twenty. Yeah. I, I want to bet again. You want to bet again? Yeah, I want to bet again. You can, you can rob me blind. The Giants aren't going to make the playoffs. They're not. You say they're not going to make. They're the playoffs. not making. All right. The let's pull. Let's pull up the current market and see what. Yeah. The let's odds get are some semblance. The Giants but, but, to make but, the playoffs. But, but, but charge. I'm not. I'm not RJ here. RJ's not listening, is he? Um, I am not going to charge you extra vig. I'm going to pay extra vig because I'm feeling generous. You know why? Because I've got a three thousand dollar lottery <laughs> ticket on a teaser that I would have already ripped up, but it's on my app, so, so it's yes, still in the system. The yes on the Giants to make the playoffs is plus one hundred five. The no is minus one thirty. So they're favored to not. Actually, make I'm the sorry. Playoffs. I have the plus one twenty against you. Yeah, you're yeah. Go, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you plus one forty. I'm. You're going to give me now. Plus, so we're doubling down. You're going to yeah. give me. So that's wow. We're, this is now a double bet here. I, but, I keep but track should, of should I happen to lose this bet? I, I can tell you right now. I'm going to attempt to weasel out of it by asking if I can like pay you off like plus thirty percent and with a dinner at any Harris property <laughs> because I've got comps out coming out. Am the, I walking out with the coming mini out bottles the of ass. champagne too? If anybody, if anybody out there, by the way, I found out that free bottles of champagne I was getting are valued at five dollars and ninety nine cents. There you go. So it's not exactly the the, the white this Wycliffe champagne is like Boone Farm wine. It's not exactly you know highly valued. But I, I for all the listeners out there, if you ever wanted to be like an elite person, I can get you like a diamond membership if you live in Vegas. Like just give me give me a phone to bet on your account, and I'll I'll put in two days worth of action. The, the way there's bonuses and like if you play a whole lot in one day, you can become a diamond in a day, and you get such perks as free parking at the valet spots, no resort fees, and um, all kinds of different perks, including four free drinks a day and a ten dollar food comp, which is usable at Starbucks, which is pretty useless for me right now because I'm not allowed to eat. You could have Starbucks. You just get black coffee. 
Yeah, I get the 110 calorie. I yeah. can't. I, I, but I only do it after. I, to be fair, I always go to the gym first, and then I, I get something that's that the, my limit's 110 calories, so I can get the iced oat milk espresso. Mm. Well, we are going to talk with you on Thursday morning about Commanders Bears. I can't wait for that scintillating uh, game. Uh, but what we are going to talk with you while we've got you here is Matt Rule, uh, fired by the by the uh, Panthers. This is, and he's going to make a lot of money to go away. It's like a college buyout. <laughs> I mean, the Panthers now. Whiskey needs a coach, right? It, it, well, a lot of teams need coaches. Yeah, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Auburn's about to need one. What, what's it, funny, he'll have options. Yeah, what's funny is as bad of a coach as he is in the NFL, he seemed, his stock not, couldn't be higher. He's not going to be out of work long. He'll get a college. If he job. can win a Temple, you're a good coach. Yeah, good college. So look at the situation he had at Baylor. It was, it was horrible, and he, hmm. he did well there. So they'll be under a new coach. They won't have Baker Mayfield now. Like, is the Panthers, are, are they just a dead team? Like, is there, what would it take for you to want to back the Panthers now? P.J. Tucker has to play nope, at a level. P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, I'm sorry, has to play at a level comparable to his MVP style of play back at, was the, that the Allegiance of American Football? Yeah, the AAF, yeah. yeah. The AAF. No, P.J. Walker was in the XFL, wasn't I, he? No, it was what? the AAF. PJ no PJ Walker played for Houston in the XFL. He was like the yep. the Roughnecks, and he was the MVP. Right? He, he was. He well, was, the, what, he it was would a have COVID been shortened season. He was on his way to being the MVP, undefeated in the XFL. You know, it's amazing. On the on the on the positive side, he literally played as an MVP. Uh, since he's gotten to the NFL, he can't play a lick. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also, do you really want to lay eleven points with the Rams? No. No. We, you, you know, um, friend friend of the show, Andy Esco. He used to like do a recap, and he'd he'd be like with the Rams. He's he'd be like the, uh, or, or usually it was a college team, and they're like, and the final score, you know, they won ten to three. And when you're laying fourteen and a half, and you only score ten, you don't cover. That, that's what I said. About <laughs> I said it. that's the old Warner Wolf used to say. Uh, if it was a blowout, like um, like let's say the. Uh, the, the the Patriots with twenty nine nothing against the the Lions. Warner Wolf, the great sportscaster, legendary sportscaster, would be like, "If you had Detroit plus twenty eight, you lost." Mm. <laughs> I, I, this is where I said San Diego State is a twenty four point favorite over Hawaii. I don't know if San Diego State can score twenty four points, and they, they couldn't. So one of one of the most curious line moves of the week was the Aztecs. Um, offensively challenged, laying 20 against Hawaii, then 21, 22, 23, 25. I, I'm checking my phone. I'm like, you know, I laid the 20 and a half in the college football contest. Okay, that was one of my losers that, that I had on. And I'm waiting for AJ to say, Fez, be sure to get down on the plus 24 with the, all the value. Didn't see it. I Didn't said it on the it. radio. How many times did I, I say don't this? I listen to you on the radio. I, I, I'm supposed to be on the VIP effing Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I apologize. Uh, no pass posts. So <laughs> think about that. When, you, when you've got Rams minus 11 against the Panthers, you don't want to play the Rams, but are you ballsy enough to play the Panthers this week? I will have to evaluate. You know, They certainly fit into the – you get the coach that gets fired, and mm. usually, usually the team rallies around that, whether they hate the coach or love the coach. It doesn't seem to matter. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, it's the Rams will be the most popular Circa Survivor pick this week. I'm a survivor. Uh, they, you realize last week the Jaguars were the most popular pick in Circa Survivor Thank you for against playing. the Texans? We have some nice consolation yeah, exactly. yeah. prizes for you. Exactly. I think, what uh, was that, Squid Games? Yeah. The, uh, the Jaguars have been... 
contestant 383 through 579 have been eliminated. Let me ask you about a game real quick, and I know we're going to get more into this, obviously, on the Dream Pod coming up this week, but Packers lose to the Giants in London. Now they're laying 7.5 at home against the Jets. Green Bay, of course, is going to be another popular survivor pick. At this point, where we're in what week? What week are we in? Six? Six. Do you start utilizing game theory? Or do you just survive to the next week? Fantastic question. Because but, but, for, for me, I would stay away from the Packers and root for root like hell for the Jets. My pool's down to four people. I've thrown game theory out the window. I used Buffalo this last week. I don't care. I got, I, I'm just going to. I know. I, I agree 100%. Forget the game theory. You know why? Because the number one pick last week was the Jaguars. You don't need game theory because you're playing against donkeys now if you're playing against mit geeks they were all mapping it out analytically and the exact right play to make and 83 percent of us all took one team then you don't want to take that team but this is not the universe you're playing against you're playing against dreamers you're playing against crazy people you're playing against people that can't get their pick in because they slept in or forgot despite the fact the deadline's 4 p.m p.m i cannot think of a more better time Who's asleep at 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon on a Saturday to not get their picks in? So just take take the team that's going to win that you are most confident in and try not to burn a team that you need for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Let me address one, one thing as far as the line moves with this Green Bay game. Here's what's fascinating. The summer line was Green Bay minus 9.5. Yeah. Now you can still get it at 7.5. Green Bay's lane 7 and a quarter against the Jets. Some 7s, a few 7.5s. Is Green Bay better or worse than we thought during the summer? Worse. A little worse or quite a bit worse? Think, quite a bit worse. I think a little worse. No, right. I think quite a bit worse. We'll merge them together. They're worse. Jets, better or worse than what we thought? Better. I think they're the same. Better. You're a jet, and I, I hear better. So here's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. If the Jets are clearly better and Green Bay's clearly worse and that line was 9.5 during the summer and had some semblance of being correct, you see where I'm going. 7.5 and 9.5 and are almost the same. It's not going to land eight. It's not going to land nine. Yeah. We're probably going to have to go to at least seven, if not six and a half. Thus, I will forecast, predict, you will see jet money plus seven and a half, knock it down to seven and even six and a half. Oh, seven. six and a half. I dare you. Seven and a half right now, minus 120. So we're already going to, I think we're plus seeing. Plus seven and a half minus Plus seven and a half minus 120, yeah. Fez, always great to get your insight on these things. We appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming in on a, on a Tuesday morning to talk some Monday Night Football. And uh, we will talk to you on Thursday morning to preview the big game between the Bears and, as you call them, the Commandos. I'm going to go get some blueberries. Enjoy, boys. All right, let's move on to the Major League Baseball Division Series that get underway today. And let's start with the early game in the National League, the National League East, the Phillies at the Braves. The Braves are minus 190. Total is 7.5. What do you see in this one, Scott? I actually like the Phillies a lot, and I think that they're not only live to win this game, I have the Phillies winning this series. I picked the Phillies in four. Spicy. It's not that spicy. It's only plus 155 on the Phillies. It's still a nice price, but I think the Phillies... Well, plus 175 if you want this game today. This is so... if. This isn't the one-of-one series. This is a best-of-five series. I think that they could win today. I also think that they could get blown out today. Ah. My play on this game is leaning more towards the total 
because both the Phillies and the Braves are throwing left-handed pitchers in this game. Both the Phillies and the Braves are two of the top offensive teams in baseball against left-handed pitchers. Every stat that you measure, they rank third and fourth in average, third and fifth in OPS, second and fourth in weighted on base average, fifth and sixth in weighted runs created. There's so many different metrics you can look at. All of them point to the Phillies hit lefties really well. The Braves hit lefties really well. Both starting pitchers in this game are left-handed. I understand that playoffs have low totals. Sure. Because that's naturally what's going to happen, right? Maybe managers more likely to go to the bullpen earlier. It's a more intense game. Spin rates go up, as we saw with Joe Musgrove the other day. Uh, but I think both the Phillies and Braves offenses are going to come out to play. Uh, shadows won't be a factor this early in the day. So I do think the offenses will thrive. And uh, I, I lean towards the total going over. So let's talk about the, the total itself. And you're going to have some options as a better because there's, you know, different books are offering different prices. You can get over seven at minus 120, minus 125 in some places. You can get over seven and a half at plus money, plus 105 available right now. So what what's the what's the best way to go at this? 25 cents to me is worth push protection because if this thing lands on seven and how easy is that? We're talking about a 3-3 game going into extra innings and the game ending at seven. So to have that push protection for 20 cents extra or 25 cents extra – I think is worth it rather than needing that eighth run in order to get the win. I personally would always like to be in a situation where I could push as opposed to needing that extra run when you're playing a half total. So there you go. Over seven at minus 120 available widely. That is the recommendation on Phillies Braves. Let's go to the next game of the day. The Mariners at the Astros. This one, uh, Astros heavily favored, minus 210, plus 190 coming back on the Mariners. The total in this one, six and a half, a little juiced to the over. Boy, how good is Justin Verlander? He's money. He's going to win the American League Cy Young Award. He has been on fire at home this season. Lowest ERA in baseball since Pedro Martinez. Like plus, He was like a 174. Verlander had a 175 this year. 10 and 1 at home this year with a 164 ERA. This guy was like coming off Tommy John. Like and, people thought he was washed. And he went on the IL at the end of August and he missed about 15 days. He came back since he came back on September 16th. He's allowed just three earned runs in 23 innings while striking out 31. <laughs> this guy is absurd. Like, it, it's one of these things where every once in a while a guy comes along and it's not quite to Nolan Ryan level yet, but the way that he's pitching at this age, it's it just boggles your mind. Like because it, it's I mean he's he can beat you in a lot of ways too. He can beat you as a power pitcher. He can beat you as a finesse pitcher. He's just got a, he, he's he's a complete guy, and it's it's awesome to see him going this strong this late in his career. And who would you rather have on the mound? Forget about the offenses here, which are absolutely incredible, right? The the Houston offense is one of the best in all of Major League Baseball, but in a playoff 
situation, I want Justin Verlander as opposed to a guy in Logan Gilbert who, yes, had a great season, but has never made a postseason start. Is there a, is there a human in the major leagues that you'd rather have than Justin Verlander? You can argue maybe like a Max Scherzer or a Jacob deGrom or somebody like that, but really Verlander's, there, there's only a handful of guys who are even in the conversation. Like Max Scherzer, we just saw what happened to him. Yeah. And Jacob deGrom's never pitched in, like he hasn't pitched in the most high leverage of situations that, that Verlander certainly has. So... Uh, to me, this is the be- the best pitcher to have in baseball for the playoffs. I- I'm with you when he's when he's on the mound. I want to find a way to back. Him. And I'll say this about Logan Gilbert, who's had a really good season, but we're also waiting for the other shoe to drop with Logan Gilbert. He's got a three two zero ERA, but he's got a four eleven expected ERA. And whenever you see expected numbers, like you, all the sabermetric guys will tell you this, whenever you see expected numbers that are worse than what the surface numbers are. That means that a pitcher or a player is a regression candidate. Whether they're getting lucky or whether they're just outperforming their numbers, they are due to get blown up. I'm not saying blown up, but they're due to have some bad luck. They're due to give up more runs or have a bad outing. And why do you have situations where your surface numbers are better than your expected numbers? Could be because your defense bails you out. Guy hits 109 mile per hour seed. Your shortstop picks it, turns a double play. Uh, what happened with Pete Alonso the other night when he smoked the ball to right field and it, and Juan Soto, or not Juan Soto, uh, who was playing center field? Uh, it was Trent Grisham, tracked it down or whatever. and Or maybe that wasn't uh, whoever it was, Jeff McNeil or somebody. They said on the broadcast, and I love doing this, you go look at uh, baseball savants and they give you like the stat cast measurements on every at bat, basically every pitch, there was an expected batting average of that ball of 700. Meaning, 7 out of 10 times you hit the ball that exact same way, you're going to get a hit. But instead, it becomes an out. And I bring that up because that's what I'm talking about when you look at a pitcher's expected numbers versus what their actual numbers are. When the expected numbers are worse, it means that like what happened in the Mets game, that ball is getting caught as opposed to the majority of time it lands for a hit. So whether they're giving up hard contact that the players are making plays behind them, whether their defense is turning double plays or whatever, uh, there's going to be some sort of regression. I think Logan Gilbert making his first career postseason appearance here on the road against this Astros lineup. This is where it happens. I would go Astros here, but I'd take the Astros in the first five innings. I'd back Verlander. I'd fade Gilbert. Astros go into the sixth inning with a lead. The regular season between these two teams, they played 19 times. Obviously, these mm-hmm. teams, no, no strangers. 12-7 and seven for the Astros. Uh, so it's a, it's a series that the Astros seem to have the upper hand in. Yeah, Verlander's faced them six times. Uh, he struck out 43 batters in 42 innings. <laughs> yeah, these are division opponents. So there's, there's familiarity here. It's why I kind of like the over in the Braves and Phillies matchup is because There's no secrets. The scouting reports have been there all year. They know what the pitcher's going to throw. The difference here is that you got one pitcher in Justin Verlander that can tell you what he's throwing. You're still not going to be able to touch it. So how do you attack this game? I would go Astros, like I said, in the first five innings. And it's a juicy price to lay on the money line. I would take the run line, which is about minus 125, minus 130, depending on the the book. And you're giving up a half run. You're laying the half a run with the Astros in the first five innings. All right, let's move on to the other matchup in the AL, the Guardians at the Yankees. The Yankees minus 199, the comeback on the Guardians plus 180. 
And depending on what number you like, you can find a six and a half out there. You can find a seven out there. What do you see in this matchup? There's a lot of reasons to like the Guardians. Plus 180 especially seems like a really good plus 180. one. And I will throw in this. Cal Quantrill, uh, in his last 17 starts, the Guardians are 16-1. and one. Wow. This dude has been incredible for them this season. Most of that success, though, has come in Cleveland. He's undefeated in Cleveland. In fact, he hasn't lost in like 30-something starts in Cleveland, which is just absolutely Absurd. unreal. Yeah. But this season on the road, Cal Quantrill 6-5 and five with a 3-5-3 ERA. Obviously, you want to face him at home rather than facing him in Cleveland. That's the advantage the Yankees have by playing in the Bronx here. Also, Garrett Cole's weakness this year has been the long ball. He's given up more home runs than anybody. It's a real reason for concern if you're a Yankees fan. The Guardians are one of the lowest home run hitting teams in all of baseball. I don't think the long ball is going to be an issue coming up here tonight. I think the Yankees lineup is better, clearly. I think the Yankees bullpen is comparable. I would give the edge to Cleveland just because of Class A. Although Class A had to pitch back-to-back games and go more than three outs in one of those games in the wild card round. So how strong is he going to be here in game one? And do you use him in game one and then in game two? And then So things are going to get interesting the way that Frank Cohn is going to manage this thing with his bullpen. The Yankees' arms are all fresh, so their top arms out of the bullpen will be available. And I think Garrett Cole comes out here with something to prove. I'll back the Yankees in this spot. The price is too much for me to lay. But and, I, and I'm not confident in the Yankees on the minus one and a half run line. So to me, it would be Yankees or pass. But I have no interest in laying 205. Yeah, man, it's it's hard for me when I see the the minus, uh, plus 180 to and you give me those Quantrill numbers to stay away from it. Uh, it just does seem like a juicy thing, even on the road. All right, let's take a look at the nightcap: the San Diego Padres at the Dodgers. This one, the totals painted at seven. Uh, you've got to pay a little juice to the over. Uh, plus 200 on the Padres, minus 220 the average price right now if you want the Dodgers. You know what's crazy is is I want to play the Dodgers team total over, but the, the game total is so low at seven. The Dodgers team total, if it's three and a half, I honestly think that's a gift. It should be four. And if it's four, then they're just telling you, well, then the Padres just aren't going to score, right? They're, they might make the total on the Padres. If they make it four and a half for the Dodgers, they'll make it, what, one and a half or no, two and a half for the, 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 the Padres. This is just a clear mismatch. And with all due respect to what the Padres have done this year, congratulations. Mike Clevenger's faced the Dodgers three times. He's given up 14 runs in 13 innings. Yeah, that was my thought was looking at a first five Dodgers team total over because the the Padres bullpen is, I mean, they, these are two great bullpens, actually. And in the first five, I know that the Dodgers are going to have Clevenger out there. And that's... Well, Clevenger might only last three innings. They can sure. take him out early if he gets... And, gives and up a couple unlike runs. these other teams, think about, you know, the other teams played two games. The other teams that we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. The Padres are the only team in the playoffs that has already played three games. So they need Clevenger to give them some sort of distance yeah. to set them up for the rest of the series. So they may leave him out there a little longer than they'd like to normally in these situations. So... If I were if I were looking for a way a way to attack this game and this I I normally don't bet baseball but I I'm, I'll give this some serious thought today 
is the first five team total over for the Dodgers. I, I like laying the half a run with the Dodgers in the first five also. I like taking the minus one and a half for the Dodgers to win this game uh, at, at that run line. Uh, Julio Urias has faced the Padres four times. He's 3-0 and with a 1-5 ERA. He's only allowed four runs in 24 innings against San Diego this year, and the Padres have batted 181 against him in those four starts. I think he has a dominant performance. I see the Dodgers easily getting to Clevenger, and I wouldn't be surprised that this is a runaway Dodgers statement win here in the first game of this series. I have the Dodgers sweeping this series. If we're just going by the series prices, uh, I have the Dodgers winning this one in three games. We've already set the stage for the Major League Baseball postseason games that will take place here today, but we also have two regular season NHL games. What? That's right. The start of the season is upon us, even though it officially began in Prague over the weekend, but the North American opener is today. And the doubleheader begins at 7.30 Eastern time with the New York Rangers hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is a close spread. You have Tampa Bay coming in as one of the favorites to represent the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup Final. The New York Rangers projected to be about a 99 to 100 point team this year. Rangers minus 115, Lightning minus 105, total of five and a half, AJ, with the top two Vesna Trophy favorites going at it. The Vesna Trophy awarded to the best goaltender Obviously, in the league. I knew that. You... Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Shesterkin. So a total of five and a half with the under juiced at minus 115. The next game, the Golden Knights at the LA Kings. So Vegas getting started early as well. That is a minus 116 spread for the Kings coming back to Vegas at plus 106. Five and a half the total on this game, although some sixes are starting to pop. Definitely see sixes. Uh, The under six is minus 120. That might change. Uh, Vegas, Bit quiet off season, dealing with some injuries. Robin Leonard, their goaltender, going to miss the entire season. So that doesn't seem good. Yeah, well, they, they've been preparing for life without Robin Leonard. Uh, they they let Mac, Max Pacioretty go, so they freed up some cap space this off season. But the most important part about Vegas is they have a new coach, and that's former Bruins head man Bruce Cassidy is now behind the bench for Vegas. So a new voice there, which is amazing. Vegas has been around for not a long time, and they have already had three head coaches and somehow their, they you know, five years went, went to a Stanley Cup in that time too in that their doesn't... first year well the NHL fixed it uh, I like Vegas as as a road dog here a little division rivalry with the Kings I think taking Vegas on a short price is good uh, and in the first game I understand the two goaltenders are going to want to you know prove something to each other I, I don't necessarily like the under for the game I do like the under one and a half in the first period it's the first game of the season. Both these teams might start off slow. Um, and there might be some you know, management of the time on the ice because fatigue could set in early here in the season. So the coaches might manage the ice time in the first period. And I think the goaltenders will get off to a good start. I see not many chances being taken in the first period. I like under one and a half goals, minus 110, first period, Rangers and Lightning. In general, early in the season, do you look to play more overs or unders? Last year, over 55% overs hit in the first week of the season. So I do lean overs at the start of the season, not with the top two Vesna Trophy candidates 
top two favorites for the Vesna Trophy going at it here in the first game of the season. But I do think that uh, the game could actually wind up going over five and a half. But I think early on, I'd lean towards these goaltenders for the under one and a half in the first period. By the way, for that award, Igor Shesterkin of the Rangers is the favorite at plus 275. Vasilevsky for the Lightning is the second favorite at plus 500. That's all fine and good, but what about the Predators goalie, UC Soros? Why, why isn't he the favorite? He's already got two wins in the books. Oh, because of the wins in Prague? Actually, Soros <laughs> is the third favorite to win the there award. There we go, baby. He's, he's plus 900. Uh, That's Ily- value, <laughs> friends. You already, listen. You already got two wins under your belt. You can't guarantee, those other two guys, their heads could fall off to night during this game you're guaranteed two wins already with sorrows it seems the way to go for that's me. funny shesterkin uh, of course the reigning vesna trophy winner the favorite for the mvp the heart trophy is connor mcdavid at plus 250 austin matthews plus 400 nathan mckinnon is 10 to 1 he's the third favorite to win the award and if you're looking down the list at maybe you know a long shot somebody that you think might have a chance maybe johnny hockey johnny goudreau He's at 30 to 1. But I'm excited. Start of the NHL season. I love hockey. Enjoy the puck, you hosers. He's AJ Hoffman. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Don't forget, subscribe to Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts from. If you've been listening to us on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, you want to make sure that you subscribe to the separate feed because uh, we will not be simulcasting every single day on both feeds. So you want to make sure you subscribe to Straight Out of Vegas AM on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you want to listen to us, we will be exclusively on that separate feed moving forward. So tell your friends, leave a little rating, a review, and enjoy the games coming up today. We will talk to you tomorrow like we do each and every morning here, straight out of Vegas, AM.